All right. Good morning, golfers. Welcome to On Par with Anthony Scorcia. Thank you for joining me on this Saturday, August 14th, 2021. Looking forward to a great conversation with Rob Collins, the part of the dynamic duo of Collins and King, Tad King, that is his design partner, um, who has done a number of work. Obviously, everybody knows Sweeten's Cove, but I'm excited to talk about what people are calling uh, Sweeten's Back Nine in Innis, uh, or at Innis in the charming uh, town of Accord, New York, uh, which I recently was up to see, and it's unbelievable. It's fantastic. It has all the things that you would want in a golf course. It has, um, you know, options and value and creativity and bold green complexes, which is my favorite part. So looking forward to breaking it down with Rob Collins. We'll be back in 90 seconds. You're listening to On Par with Anthony Scorcia. Pete's Golf. Since 1979, Pete's Golf has been practicing the art of club fitting and has been selected as a top 100 club fitter by Golf Digest magazine. At Pete's Golf, we use the best technology available to create an exceptional fitting experience for every customer that walks into our store. Visit Pete'sGolf.com or call 516-248-6891. That's 516-248-6891 and get your next set of clubs fit for you. Malvi's Equipment Company is the oldest distributor of power equipment on Long Island and has been serving the community for over 100 years. We have two locations for your convenience in Riverhead and Hicksville. Malvi's Equipment offers a diversified line of quality products for golf, sports, and turf, including Jacobson, Redexim Vertidrain, Smithco, and Turfco. We also carry Mahindra and New Holland tractors and construction equipment. Visit our website at malvisequipment.com or call us at 516-681-7600. Hey everyone, this is Chris Fochel with Mizuno. There's no better feeling than having your clubs perfectly dialed in, and with over 2,000 authorized performance fitting partners nationwide, it couldn't be any easier to get custom fit using Mizuno's revolutionary Shaft Optimizer 3D. Find the right shaft and match it with any of our legendary grain flow forgings or our award-winning hot metal irons featuring high-strength chromoly. Visit MizunoGolf.com to find the nearest authorized fitter in your area, and remember, nothing feels like a Mizuno. All right, and please be back and joined by Rob Collins from uh, King Collins Design. And, and Rob, how you doing, man? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, recently, just obviously up to uh, Innis and uh, the charming town of Accord, New York, and to play uh, the golf course, your, your, your one and only New York uh, venture here. And I, my, I think it's basically... Uh, is it was this your only golf course on the East Coast, uh, or you have anything else cooking? In, that's on, it. Yeah, that's yeah. our that's our first first foray into New York. Hopefully, not the last. And yeah, um, it was it was a lot of fun. It was really interesting project. We had a a pretty clear charge from our client Lee Pollock um, that he wanted something you know along the lines of a Sweetens Cove, and so we really took that to heart and, and applied a lot of the characteristics and, and quirk and charm and boldness of, of Sweetens Cove to that, that landscape. And it's a beautiful piece of property. And now they've got the inn and cabins and everything. And I can't wait to get back up there. Pictures look great. You said that you, uh, you got the charge that sort of probably you were excited about in, in giving you um, all the uh, full reign of what you wanted to do there. I'm curious, what struck you about the property when you first got there? Well, the views from the top of the hill are, are really <clears throat> extraordinary, and 
um, given that that was our second solo project after Sweetens Cove, which if people don't know much about it, um, it was built on a dead flat table, uh, 72 acres, no movement at all. We had to move a lot of dirt to, to build it, and it was it was a featureless site. But the NS site was had quite a bit more movement than, than Sweetens Cove, and so there were there were some things we could do there that, that we, you know, we couldn't do at Sweetens and um, we kind of tied the golf course into the, the, the hill. It kind of comes up the hill on one and drops back down on two and then comes back on three. And then, and then four tees has a really spectacular panoramic view of the golf course. And there's a big double green at three and six that kind of dominate the, the horizon line from a lot of different, views across the course and being able to get up and do a little bit of elevation, you know, afforded us an opportunity to do some things visually uh, that, that we couldn't do at Sweetens Cove. And um, we, we were excited about the way it turned out. Uh, I'm curious, since you brought it up, the elevation changes, how much does that change um, your, your either philosophy or um, uh, how you design a golf hole when, versus a flat site where uh, you may not have that your you know the option of being able to see where you're hitting the ball like I know a lot of golf courses and especially the golden age where there's a lot of blind shots and whatnot how much is it being elevated and being able to see and look down how much does that change the sort of design and the visual impact as you look at a hole well, anytime you have an opportunity to work with contour, uh, it's nice to be able to to take advantage of it and, and you know build some some interesting features into that landscape and try to blend them in and and make them fit. And um, it's certainly a lot easier than trying to manufacture something out of nothing like we did at Sweetens Cove. So, <laughs> right, having a natural grade to tie into is really nice, and then you kind of riff off of that basically and and try to do some neat neat things that that tie back in, but, but have a, you know, strong visual presence and strategic element to them as well. The, uh, one of my favorite things about the, the property or the green complex is obviously, uh, a sort of the, um, uh, we, this, you know, the straw that stirs the drink there. And I, I sort of love these big, bold green complexes. How fun were they, uh, to create and, and, is that part of what you enjoy doing in our green in big, bold green complexes uh, seem to be a lost art. Um, how much fun are you having sort of bringing those back? Well, we had a lot of fun at, at NS doing that. And, and that's a, you know, really the main characteristic of, of the golf course. Is that, that's the thing people are going to talk about. And mm -hmm. we certainly have really bold, greens at, at Sweetens Cove and like I mentioned earlier we, you know we kind of had the charge to do something similar there and, and we like to build a lot of uniqueness uh, into our greens and um, the ones that in us are actually I would say even more bold than the ones at Sweetens if, if that, which is kind of hard to believe um, but there's so much room to play that you know what you'll find is is that sometimes you've got a great angle and the the contour in front of you will help you, but on another day that contour can can hurt you. And it's kind of you know some of the lessons of the old course and and places like that where you know the combination of contour and short grass 
can can help you one day or, or hurt you the next. And um, we tried to infuse, you know, a lot of that into it. That is that is something, you know, that we like to experiment around with on site. And it is very much a free flowing thing. I mean, we build a green and then massage it and work it, and um, it, it, it's an evolutionary process that. that takes time. I mean, a lot of times there isn't really a real specific idea. And sometimes there is a specific idea. It just, sure. it depends on the green. I mean, um, going out there, um, let's see if you take number four green, for example, which is one of my favorite greens on the course and maybe one of the most subtle actually. Yeah. Um, the shaper who built it just kind of blocked in something for us to look at and it was kind of just sitting on the ground and it was like wow that's perfect let's just add a little roll here or add a little roll there and and that was that and then you know there's other greens um you know that we you know maybe spend a little bit more time on uh acting green on three and six actually i have to credit my partner tad with that idea we had a reverse redan on the third shot on number three, the, the par three, and then mm-hmm. coming in on number six, we had this, you know, cool green and tap. Like, what if we tied them together? And it's like, yeah, that'd actually be really cool. Yeah. It'd be a great visual statement and uh, be memorable and um, give people something to talk about. And so we did, and I think it turned out really well. One of the things that I, I feel like is a shame because of green speeds, people, uh, it's really difficult to create the kinds of greens that complexes that you're building. But I think one of the things that people, one of the things that people love about you uh, and Tad are the fact that uh, you're designing complexes that are so big and so bold that it's able to accomplish those things Um is that part of your motivation to bring back bold uh, green complexes the way they used to be uh, before we, we before the invention of the stint meter? <laughs> it certainly is is a big part of it. I I would hesitate to say that that's a template that we would carry from site to site. Uh-huh. Um, simply because if I could walk away from my career. Um, and, and an alien were to come down and be presented with looking at all of our different golf courses, like for each one, this alien or this person might not be able to tell it that it was done by the same person. So right. I don't want us to get, what I'm saying is I don't want us to be typecasted as the guys who, oh, they just do you know, super bold greens. Um, right, right. We just, we just, we just finished. But that, it, that's not to say we don't spend a, a tremendous amount of time trying to breed a, a lot of interest and in shot making variety into our greens. Um, right. We just, I'd like for us to do, you know, a lot of a very wide range of, of, of types of greens, and mm-hmm. um, it just so happens that. that we do we do both like bold greens and we like to freewheel in the field and a lot of times that you know involves you know pumping up a contour to get a certain effect or a shot and um you know we we just finished a a nine hole course and redo in memphis tennessee called overton park and um those greens have a very unique flair to them all on their own but for the most part, I mean, there's no, they're nowhere near as contoured 
is is what you'd see it, it in us, but they're they still got a unique characteristic to them. So it's mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of hard to explain. I, I guess we just don't want to you know have every course we do be like Ennis or Sweetens, but at the same time we love doing stuff like that. So it, it I get to bend you know site to site. Sure. Um, but the the overall point is is that the combination of short grass and contour when done thoughtfully to me and, and also I'd say for Tad is the most interesting hazard in golf. Right. And um we like to experiment with that. What you know and that may be expressed differently from one site to the next, but it's a, it's a concept we like to to mess around with. Sure. And and every golf course has uh every property has sort of its own little intricate, you know, um feelings and and restrictions and at in this there was some some uh water uh some little lakes or whatever that you had to sort of work around because they were protected um which certainly you know one of the things that i came away from there is um you really have to you know a lot of people think of of sweetens and it's and it's big and it's wide and and innes is um you, you, the philosophy in some places is definitely wide enough, but you still have to golf your, uh, you know, be drive the ball pretty well there at Innis because there are some hazards there that, um, uh, you know, that are going to challenge you and work, and you're going to test all facets of your game. I totally agree, and and very much like Sweden's Cove at Innis, you'll find you may have a really wide driving area, but within that driving area, you'll find a a narrow window yeah. in which you can find your ideal line of attack. And so, you know, you're pretty much always going to be playing golf, not going to be a lot of lost balls, but you may not like your angle. And that's a definitely a, a concept that we took from, from Tennessee to, to New York. And um, I, I think that it applies well there, you know, it's, and what's neat too about, I think that having a nine hole course, offers you an opportunity to do some things you probably wouldn't do on an 18 hole course and that you probably wouldn't build 18 greens like you have it in us or at Sweetens Cove, for instance. And mm-hmm. on a nine hole course, you can kind of get away with it a little bit more because it's doubly important to have all that extra variety built in where you can get one from one day to the next, you can get this extremely hard pin or an extremely easy pin or somewhere in between. And having that flexibility in the setup is, is really important for, for the superintendent and, um, and, and, and just from day to day, having a different look, you know, in, in the course, never tiring upon repeat plays. So that's one thing we wanted to have at Sweetens. And I think that we did, you know, a good job of it up there too is it's not going to be the same one day to the next ever. It's always going to challenge you differently. Yeah. And, and, and those, those big, bold greens are are conducive to, to that philosophy. Yeah. And, and it's an enjoyable, you know, you talked about the elevation change, but it's not like it's not uh walkable. It's very walkable. I actually walked. That's extremely uh, walkable. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very. I walked um, I walked nine holes just to so I could get a feel, and then I went back because I wanted to play again. And before I headed back down the Long Island, because it's about a court is about um, you know two and a half hour drive, so I did a second nine via the golf cart just to because I wanted to you know 
cruise around and and go to different parts of the golf holes, suppose you know, and do and look at the golf course and and do that kind of stuff. But um, but walking was you know, it's just a fun, it's just a fun place. I called it a playground when I was talking to Anthony. I was like, this is this is really what you really want. I mean, you want to come here. You're staying in a cabin. You're doing whatever. Uh, this is like you know, a playground for golfers where you just go out there and whether it's, you know, threesome by yourself, four, five or eight and play some music and you can have a lot of fun for that on that golf course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's a, a guy who, um, in the, in the golf, golf riding community named Christian Hafer, who, Oh, sure. And he's a photographer and, yep. and he, he played it. And I, I texted back and forth with him and said, well, I hope, you know, hope you had a good time. And he said, Oh, we had, you know, we had a blast. And, uh, he said, it's, it's like a skate park, you know, was yeah. his analogy, which I thought was really apt. It, it is much, very much like that. It's, <clears throat> there's a lot of a, almost choose your own adventure, um, quality to it. And, um, there's a sense of discovery in the same way that you would, you know, at a skate park one day, you're going to try this line next, next time around, you're going to try that line or go over this ramp or do, do this or that. And, um, that, that's what we were going after. And, um, it was, it was nice to hear that feedback from him. That's a guy who's seen a lot of different places. And I think that's a, a, a very good description and that, that's, you just kind of go out there and have fun and experiment with different shots and, you know, like I said elsewhere, sometimes it'll <laughs> you get a contour will be your best friend. Next time it it might hurt you. So. Yeah, and um and you know it's got everything really a big you know with a drivable a uh, couple of uh drivable short drivable par fours a long par right. five. Yeah. Um yeah I I I really enjoyed those and um it's just you know like i said you know one day you want to go for it the next day you don't have to one day you might have to go for it uh you know just because of the way it's playing but it's just fun you know it's just a fun place to be and you certainly uh reflected in 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 the architecture for sure you you are you basically are, are allowing that kind of creativity and fun to be had for sure yeah that's right i mean it's it's all about creating grounds for golf where that, that promotes a sense of discovery and, and, and fun and, and so forth. And Anthony and the guys are, you know, from what I've heard and can tell are, you know, doing a great job of maintaining it at firm and fast conditions. And that really helps bring out that architecture where you can play balls along the ground or try this contour, or try that contour. And the, you know, the full suite of shots, or potential shots are on display for you. It's just a matter of picking and choosing the one you want to hit. And just to give our listeners, uh, when I was talking with Anthony, and Anthony Minetti is the the golf course superintendent there, and one of the interesting things that he was telling me about was, and this might shock a lot of uh, listeners, is that there's basically as much grass or square footage, um, you know, short grass and whatnot, and playable grass that you might have on an almost as a, as much or almost as much as you would have on an 18 hole on a nine hole. So there's a tremendous yeah, amount of turf, right. yeah. you know, there's a tremendous amount of turf to take care of for what is just nine holes, but it gives you a sense of the scale of the playability of the place. When you hear at that place where that you, uh, you know, it's, when you hear that, uh, tells you a little bit about the golf course. Absolutely. And it's you know, same thing at Sweetens is up there. It's, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of square footage of greens, um, at least a couple acres worth. I know 
Sweetens is a hundred, hundred and ten thousand. Um, I think that they're at least that there, and um, you know, thirty-five, forty acres of, of maintained turf on top of that. Um, there's a lot of eighteen-hole courses that have thirty-five acres of maintained turf and a hundred thousand square feet of green. <laughs> so um, it you, you you can get it around out there and, and see a lot of different angles and, and places to be some some of them are good places and some of them are bad places yeah <laughs> so it's kind of up to you to to, to to figure it out yeah and i think i was in both uh at some point at one point or another on For around sure. that course that's and, right. but that's i mean that's that's what you want i mean that's that's the part of the the you know that's part of the fun you know it's like you know golf is in a way, in a way, like growing up, and there was the Dungeons and Dragons, and you go through door one one day, right. and you go through door That's two, right. and that, and and everything is an exploration. It's not about, um, you know, we're not tour players. So to me, it, it it's irrelevant. It's just about the experience. And so I want to go right. through door one today, and tomorrow I'll go through door number two, and I'll go down a different path, and we'll see what that takes me. And and it's about, you know self-discovery as much as it is about discovery of, of the golf course. I think that's a, a good way to say it. I mean, we're, we, we don't want to dictate to golfers how to play a certain hole. It's, it's about giving grounds for golf where it's up to the golfer to, to figure out the best way for themselves. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of golf courses for a long time were dictatorial in a sense and that the architect was telling you okay this is exactly the way to play it and this is the only way to do it and if you didn't do it that way you know it it becomes very <laughs> monotonous after after one round sometimes sure. um, on the worst golf courses you know the best golf courses in my opinion the best golf course in the world the old course um, does this better than any other it's shifts from one day to the next and um, it, it's always changing and um, it, it's very much up to the player to, you know, understand how they're playing that day, what their skill level is in, in, in navigating a, a route and, and executing shots based on their skill level and, and where, how they feel on, on any given day and how the course is playing. And, you know, golf is a game and you're meant to get uh, kicked in the teeth from time to time and you're meant to get rewarded from time to time and, Sometimes you get good breaks and sometimes you get bad breaks. And, um, you know, there's been a trend in golf, which I think is, you know, thankfully going away, but, um, for, you know, for a long time in, in architecture where, you know, the concept of, of bad breaks or, or bad luck, you know, um, you know, it was kind of, the architects tried to eliminate that yeah. aspect and that, that kind of takes away a lot of the sporting aspect of, of the game of golf. And I think a lot of the classic era architects, um, took risks and, and tried to do things and, and tried to build quirk into the, their work. Um, a lot, a lot of the courses on Long Island have, have quirky features that are, you know, borrowed or maybe cousins of some of the great things that you would see. Um, in, in Great Britain and Ireland, and, and we definitely try to, you know, take some of those things that you might see at a place like Lahinch or, um, you know, some, somewhere like that, and, and you know, put them put them into our work. And you know, sometimes it's going to reward you, sometimes it won't, and, and it's up to the golfer to to deal with those situations and, and overcome them. Yeah, I call that the or, sort of. Or, um... or, or, yeah, the, the rub of the green is is so important. That's such an important part of the game. Well, I feel and, like uh, the 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 
the PGA Tour sort of came out with this sort of, um, you know, the, the McDonaldization of, of, of golf, right, where everything is the same. Sure. sure you know, you know what you're going to get when you go to McDonald's and you order a hamburger. It's the same hamburger right. across the country. So, uh, and they tried right. to it's do a, that. It's an assembly line. Yep. Right. Yep. And so, exactly. and that's what the tour wants because they want it to be not unfair, and so, you know, so there's sort of everybody gets their specs and they know what they're going to. Now, there's some variety, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but it's not much. I mean, fair, fair became a four-letter word. Um, or, or unfair, I guess. You yeah. Know, fairness was, things had to be fair. And if, if it wasn't, then, it, then, it, then that was was a bad thing. And um, you, you had to, architects for a long time were trying to, you know, chase this down this rabbit hole of, of making sure things were always fair. And that, that's just a, that that's a lost cause. As far as I'm concerned, golf's not supposed to be fair. Life's not supposed to be fair. Sometimes you're going to get a good break. And sometimes you're going to get a bad break. Sometimes you're going to hit a bad shot and, and get a, and get a, get, get a lucky break. And sometimes you'll hit a good shot and you won't get a lucky break. But, um, you know, I think that, but that's not to say that we don't want to have golf courses that reward good shot making. We cert- certainly do, and I think they they do for the most part. But uh, you know, if you look at things on a spectrum of probability, there are going to be times when you hit what you think is a good shot, but the golf course tells you, "Sorry, no, not today." But you know, <laughs> right. maybe next time. And right. and and those are just, those are just the things that you you deal with, and that's what that's what good golf courses do. I mean. Um, Look at the road hole, for instance, at the old course. I mean, if somebody built that hole today, they would be called a madman. I mean, the right. green's about as wide as a table, and it's got a, a public road right behind it. It's <laughs> right. unbelievable. You know, and you know, you can hit what you think is a perfect four or five iron in there, and well, your next shot's off of a pavement or up against a wall, um, and then the next day it's it's ten feet from the hole. So, I mean, those are just the types of situations you have to overcome and, and deal with. And I think that golf needs to get back closer to the lessons of the old course and away from the era of this pedantic one dimensional design. Absolutely. And, and we cert- we certainly did it. <clears throat> certainly came a lot closer to that in, in us and in a lot of places, I guess. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you that, um, and I, I, I'm sorry, it's a little unfair because we only have about a minute or two left, but I was just kind of curious, um, and maybe we can have you back so we can, or maybe we can just do a podcast to sort of explore this, but uh, in a, within with a minute left, can you tell me, where do you feel you are as an architect? How much have you grown since Sweetens? Um, I think I've grown a lot. I mean, I, I'm always thinking and, and challenging myself and, and I know Tad is, is the same and we're, you know, trying to expand our horizons and and, and try and, and do new and different things. Um, you know, while Sweetens and Ennis are, are very much in the same vein, I mean, I go to, you know, look at what we did at, um, at Overton Park and that was very much of a, a departure from those, but it still has some of those same threads and same lessons in it. And there's a certain flair to it. You can tell that, um, you know, there was a care and a, a attention to detail and an artistry to it that, you know, you might not find elsewhere. And um, it's just applying, um, you know, a lot of those same lessons in a different physical way on, on different sites. And, and Landman has some of the boldest greens you'll ever see, but 
that'll probably steal the show and kind of take the oxygen out of the room. But there's other greens that are very subtle and, you know, kind of just sit right on the ground. So it's fun to, it's fun to mix it up and, and try different things. And overall, Tad and I just want to keep an open mind and not limit our creativity. It's always about keeping as many paths, potential paths open in your mind as possible and, and exploring these different paths until you find the right one. We don't want to uh, have a preconceived notion that closes off a, a, a mental path or a, a path of creativity. You have to let it happen and make the best choices that lead you down the right path. And that can only happen through intensive site work and attention to detail. And, you know, we're fortunate to work with a lot of really talented people and who, who help us explore these things. And it's, it's a fun journey. Rob, um, unfortunately we're up against it. And, um, but I really appreciate your time. The golf course is at Innis. Um, Innis, uh, is this new sort of, uh, you know, retreat, if you will, up at an accord. And it, the golf course that you and, and Tad have built is awesome. We really appreciate your, your time to come on the show. Great to be on. I really appreciate you having me. Thanks so much. You got it. All right, folks, that was Rob Collins from King Collins Golf Design. So uh, looking forward to uh, uh, look on the look uh, look out for us doing something again. I'd love to really get back to touch base with him and with Rob and, and further talk about his design uh, journey. But that's all we have for today. Thank you for joining us. You're listening to On Par with Anthony Scorsia.